Hello, friends. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Today, we'll have one of my good friends, Vince DeSantis, on the podcast talking about what success means to him. We hope you enjoy and learn some new things from the show. My name's Adam Melamed, and welcome to The Pursuit. Whether you're outside getting some fresh air or hanging out with some friends, get ready to be happier. Vince, thank you for joining us on the show today. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to interviewing Vince. We got, we got to speak a few weeks ago, and he has recently started his own company amidst everything happening. And I wanted to bring him on the show to talk about what the process is like starting a company, as well as going through all the unprecedented events with COVID. Yeah, I'm excited to to get talking. Cool. Do you want to start with a little bit about who you are? where you're from, a little background. So hey everyone, my name is Vince DeSantis. I'm originally from Pacific Palisades, California. It's a town right in between Santa Monica and Malibu. I mean, about four years ago, I came up to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo to study business administration. And I wasn't really sure what I was going to concentrate in, but I'd always had kind of a bug for entrepreneurship. I ended up concentrating, though, in information systems with a minor in Italian studies. In my time at Cal Poly, I got involved in a lot of different organizations from Greek life to a lot within the College of Business, like Peer Mentors and the Ambassadors. My entrepreneurship journey actually began in high school um, when I started a food truck company with my friends called Seventeen and Co. It was called Seventeen and Co. because we were all 17 at the time, and it just kind of like fit the bill because we wanted to really push that narrative of these young entrepreneurs. Gourmet American junk food was our slogan and just a variety of different unhealthy American food. It wasn't really the food I, I enjoyed, but it was really the easiest for us to make as people that weren't really experienced cooks. I, I guess one of my friend was, but the rest of us were just getting started. But that really got me interested in cooking in the food industry and really the product development of Fruji, which kind of came later. And so once the summer of my sophomore year was really where I had my first idea for what is now Fruji. I was at my house back home in the Palisades and my friends wanted a snack and I noticed in my refrigerator there was some jello and they hadn't had jello in a while, but they were like, sure, like I'll, I'll give it a I'll give it a shot. And I was really intrigued by the fact that it only had ten calories and it also had two grams of protein. And so I was like, well, 10 calories is an extremely low calorie snack. This would be perfect for someone that's dieting. And at the time I was really into working out and was like really looking at calories and things like that. And then obviously the protein content, this is really when I think like the protein revolution was starting when everyone was looking for added protein and everything that they were eating. This was around the same time as, as Halo Top with like high protein ice cream and then all these other high protein snacks came later. I started researching what gelatin was and noticed that if you have the highest quality gelatin, like organic grass fed, like gelatin and collagen, it's actually extremely healthy for you. And it was funny, I actually went after work one day to a Whole Foods and asked them if they have any gelatin available like I really wasn't sure. And they're like, Oh, there's actually this woman over there from vital proteins. Who's like selling her gelatin right now. And so I went over there and talked to her for about 30 minutes and she was just selling me on all the benefits of collagen and gelatin for your hair, your skin, your nails. And I was like, wow, this is super interesting. And I was working on it that summer. I got a juicer and was making my own juices. And I was trying to make some sort of product that combined gelatin and collagen and fruit juice without any added sugar. 
because when I looked at the market for Jello, there was really only one player and that's Jello. And as you know, like the brand is synonymous with the product, like it's so powerful. The only other company that really does it is Knox, um, spelled K-N-O-X, but they're not as common. Jello is really the main the main one, but there's no healthier alternative for people that like this snack. And, and it's it's like a fun snack that we all know from childhood, but it didn't really grow up with us. That was kind of what I was working on that summer. And for whatever reason, just things came up. I was really involved, as I said, in the college of business and just at Cal Poly, like I went abroad and some other things came up that second year and third year, which is very busy. And I was focused on getting a job and all this other stuff. So something I always had in the back of my mind, but wasn't really sure how to, how to go about pursuing it. That's pretty amazing that you started this food truck in high school. When you guys started it, did you have a structured plan or how did you guys go through with that? It was it was really unstructured. We didn't really know anything about a food truck. As I kind of mentioned earlier, like one of my friends was like, he was like a child chef. Like he loved cooking. And like when he was like in the third grade, he cooked his mom like a 17 course meal for like Mother's wow. Day. And so he'd always loved cooking and his dad was doing some investments with like the restaurant industry. So had some connections with investors that could help us out. It was our junior year going into our senior year. We wanted to do it that summer. We just kind of got some things together. Like his brother who was in college and his brother's girlfriend also helped us out, which was helpful to have some older people. And then his dad as well. And then it was just me, my friend, Charlie, my friend, Bailey and Monty, the four of us together. And we definitely learned a lot on, on along the way. And it was such a great learning experience. And it was just really fun. And I think that's what really intrigued me about like having my own business was just like, I just thought it was like thrilling and working in a food truck is like a fast paced environment. And I also liked that. I think the the listeners are curious, what was your, your top selling item on the menu? We had a bacon grilled cheese with mac and cheese inside. So... It was about as as unhealthy as you can get. Bacon wrapped hot dogs and like fried mac and cheese balls and kind of making up for for lost calories with Fuji. But yeah, that was that was like a pretty small menu, but I'd say the, the bacon grilled cheese with mac and cheese was the top seller. That sounds delicious. <laughs> and I gotta say, I mean I haven't heard of any other teenager group of friends at that age starting a food truck. So that's that's very impressive. And I think it definitely lined you up for what you're pursuing now. I mean, that's, that's incredible. And thank you so much for that introduction. I think you've you said for yourself, you've gotten very involved within Cal Poly and you've really made the most of your time in college. But with, with current events happening with COVID and the unprecedented times, I know that a lot of people, unfortunately, have lost their jobs or have had an alternative path that they've had to pursue. I was curious if you could talk a little bit more about what your experience has been like during these past few months? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a wild ride. And I think the world we're living in January is, is safe to say it's completely different now, and especially after the last month or so, or, or a couple months. But just to give you a little bit of background, I interned for Gap as a product manager this summer and absolutely loved it. I was in San Francisco. There's a great Cal Poly community there, as you know. And so I had a lot of friends up there. And my sister was living there at the time. And it just really felt like the right fit felt like it was for me. Like I loved the job and they gave me a great offer and, you know, I signed to go back and my plan was really to travel this summer and then just start in the fall. Very simple. Kind of like what a lot of people do right after graduating. But I was thankful that in actually November was when I had a friend that challenged me 
to really like pursue Fuji, what's not Fuji, or like this, at that time, it was just this idea of mine, try and see if it could be a business. At the time, I was like, you know what, like, I already have a full time job, I really have nothing to lose. And I only have things to gain, because I know I'm just going to learn as much as I can. And, you know, if I try and it fails, like, at least I can say I tried, I applied to the hatchery in January, and I got in. And so I was for the whole month of winter, for the whole quarter of winter, rather, I was kind of going to different workshops every week and utilizing the resources of the hatchery. And the accelerator had been something on my mind, but I was also like, you know, I'm playing, I, I know I'm traveling, I already had my flights booked and everything. But, you know, once COVID hit, like the impact on the retail and apparel sector was especially hit hard. And so I was pretty, I wasn't shocked by when my offer got revoked. And I was thankful in the sense of it, it happened when it did to where it still gave me over a week to apply to the accelerator program. And so I worked on my application. I got a co-founder and uh, I probably spent like 60 hours that week just making sure it was I was putting my best foot forward. And I just figured, you know, this could be the push I need to really go after this and see if it's a viable company. And for those that aren't familiar with the accelerator program, what I'm talking about, it's a 12-week program in the summer through the Hothouse, which is affiliated with Cal Poly. That basically provides a bunch of mentorship and workshops every week and also $10,000 in seed funding with zero equity just to help you out with your business. So that's what I'll be starting next Monday. And it's kind of the next step for me that I'm excited about. Yeah, I mean, hearing your story a few weeks ago, I think you've had one of the most incredible turnarounds that I've heard from any college student. (laughs) I mean, going going from being very comfortable and having that full-time job to not knowing exactly what you're doing and being able to pursue something that you've thought about doing, something you're passionate about and making that a reality. I mean, so many people get wrapped up in the idea of I need to be doing this X, Y, and Z to get to here. I think what you were able to do to really shape and focus on that alternative path is awesome. I want to I wanna talk a little bit more about what was your mindset and your process like when you heard that you didn't have the job. What were you thinking about? What what was going through your mind? My first thought was like, you know, it's you know, I think I took a little bit of time to be sad about it. And I think that's that's important too. I went on a walk around Cal Poly's campus and was just kinda, you know, kind of feeling I wasn't feeling sorry for myself, but just feeling bummed and just trying to think about like, okay, like I'm gonna let myself be a little bit sad today, but like you know, I'm going to go home, I'm going to journal, and then I'm going to figure out like, what are my different paths forward? And that's exactly what I did. I kind of said, you know, here's what, here's an option A, here's an option B, here's an option C. And it was a, it was a good feeling at least that like, it, it was something completely out of my control. So like, I knew it wasn't like something I personally did to to lose that job. And it was something that happened to everyone. I, all the other interns that were in kind of the same tech area as me, it happened to all of them. So I was just like, you know what? Like I had already been in the hatchery. I've already been working on this. And even through the quarantine and stuff, I was like working on it on my own. And I was like, you know, I could apply for jobs, but also this is the worst job market ever, especially a couple months ago, like during quarantine that there was no one hiring. There's no better chance for me to do it now because the opportunity cost is so low. And I also was reading some of my book that... It was like a journal from, I don't know if you're familiar with Business 306, but like Rhonda Beeman's class. And, and she's very, she's super inspirational, but has just talks all the time about 
you know, only controlling what you can and, and just doing the best at what you can do. She's still a mentor of mine today. And I think I talked to her that next week about how I should move forward. And I don't know, like she, she helped a lot as well. But yeah, I just said, you know, there's nothing I can do about it except control what I can now. And so that's how I move forward. And quick shout out to Dr. Beeman. Yeah. Amazing individual and one of the most inspirational people I've met. I'm sure Vince can agree. I agree. I think what really caught my eye is you were talking about, you wrote down three different options or roughly three different options. And I know something we discuss a lot in peer mentoring is the Odyssey plan. Yeah. When you were coming up with these three options, what were you thinking? So you had option A, you had working for Gap, and then you had potentially option B, which was Fruji. How were you able to structure out those different options for, for the viewers to get a better sense of what you were thinking? Yeah. And so once I was doing this, I realized that this is the, this is the Odyssey plan in actual life. Because for those that aren't familiar, it's you essentially put three different kind of like life trajectories for the next five years with you know, one being, you know, this is what you're going to do. If that doesn't work out, this is what you'll do. And then a third, which is, you know, if money were an option, like how would, how would you approach life? And the idea is to kind of see like where really in that third option, some of those can come to the first. And then for the plan B, it's like, you know, well, that literally happened to me. Something happened out of nowhere to where my plan A just vanished. But yeah, the way I structured it and like being more specific, so obviously gap was like what I was doing, but then I'd say I crossed that out and my other plan that kind of replaced that was like looking for jobs, as I said, and then just like, you know, seeing where that takes me and being like, okay, like I'm just going to look anywhere in the United States, essentially and like see where, see who's going to hire. But it also like, this was during quarantine, especially when it was like pretty scary, like the thought of even moving somewhere else or like starting over, like there was already so much change that that was like kind of daunting and like Fruji had like always been there. And so my goal with Fruji was to kind of work on it on the side, if you will, like as I was doing my full-time job as kind of like my side hustle, but being like a food company, there's, there's so much, it's so many experts and so many things that I don't know that I think I really would have, I think I really would need some sort of program like I'm doing this summer to actually get it off the ground. Cause I, I just would have been so comfortable in my job. And so there was another option of going to grad school, but I think I, I would have just gone to Cal Poly for the, you know, for the ease of it and for the late application aspect. But for what like I wanted to do in my career goals, like it, it didn't seem like it would really help me that all that much in terms of where I want to get. So that's kind of how I structured it. And like, I think that day is when I decided like, I'm, I'm going to apply to the accelerator. And, and if I don't get that, then, then I'll probably apply for jobs and still work mm-hmm. on Fruji. But this is like too cool of an opportunity not to pursue. And I remember when we remember going through the training for pre-mentoring when we were reading about the, the Odyssey plan, Odyssey training, and how there is the individual that had his mind set on becoming a consultant. Yeah. And he didn't think of any other option. I remember the author of the book said... What if that wasn't an option? What would you do? And it really it really caused him to think, well, what am I truly passionate about? And I think that is a, an incredible tool that you're able to implement in your own life that you, you may have taught other individuals, but now you really had to practice it in your own life and see where it could take you. The Odyssey plan is a great tool and I would highly recommend it for others too. Yeah, no, I, I second that. That's for sure. Hearing about your story, hearing about the adversity that you face with Gap and pursuing Fruji. 
I would love to tap in and hear a little bit more of what does success mean to you? How, I mean, you've been able to do all these incredible things, but internally, what have, what has helped you? What has motivated you to being the individual that you are today? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I love talking about success too, and definitely do with all my mentees because I think it's an important question for anyone to answer, like what success means to them. And for me, I think the easiest answer, which I think is really universal, is just like happiness. And so, but the hard part is that, you know, everyone arrives at success or happiness in different ways. And you just got to try and figure out like, what is it that, that really makes you happy? And and for me, I knew that I definitely would have been happy in my job at Gap. Like it would have given me like enough money to like live comfortably, at least like in my year out of college, like would have been very happy and like would have had like a job that supported me. Like I would have had a great boss, but I always knew that like I wanted to start something at some point. And I think, and I don't really know like where that desire comes from, but I think it came from like me just wanting to to have like an influence and hopefully that'd be like a positive influence. If I wasn't going to start a company, I would love to like work my way up in another company and like have a lot of influence that way. And like also I think a big part of it too is just giving back. I love being able to be like a mentor to people and help people. And I've gotten a lot out of the different executives and alumni that have come back from Cal Poly to talk with Cal Poly students. And I've always seen that as something like that I would love to do. And so I would hope to one day be in a position to where Cal Poly students and people from my high school and even just from my hometown can reach out to me and that I can be available to answer questions. That's fantastic. And I think through everything you've done prior to college, while you're in college and even after, Everything you've done has been really to help other people, whether it's providing tasty food <laughs> to mentoring and helping individuals that are really trying to find themselves in college. I think you've really been able to showcase that directly to the public. I, I 100% agree. I think helping others truly makes you feel happier, which coincides and leads to uh, success. So. I couldn't agree more. And I think at the end of the day, like, with being able to like have influence and leadership, it's it's all for the purpose of, you know, being able to have like a positive influence and help others. So now that we're diving into success, what are some things that you've implemented in your lifestyle and things that you share with other people that have helped you become successful? Yeah, I think I think a probably a really big one is just the people you surround yourself with. And I mean, everyone's heard it. You're the you're the average of the five people or your five best friends or something like that. And I have like a very wide network of people, especially at Cal Poly, that I really do think make me a better person. And I think that is really foundational to success is that looking at your friends and looking at the people that you spend a lot of time with, are they really making you better people? And are they pushing you to become better? Are they encouraging you? And I've really found that here, which has probably been my biggest takeaway from Cal Poly, especially this last week, reflecting on graduating and, and stuff like that. And I think another like probably more like tangible aspect is just trying to like self-reflect and, you know, journal every day and, and do the things that really kind of keep you grounded in who you are. Like my faith is an important aspect for me. So that includes like prayer and reading the Bible and, and stuff like that and, and making sure that I don't lose sight of, you know, the things that are important that I can do on a daily basis that really help like ground me in who I am. So I'd say those those are probably two of the key ones. I could probably get into more specifics if you're curious. But Yeah, yeah, I'd love to hear how you envision being successful because I think 
it, like you, like we talked about earlier, it really breaks down to the individual. Like, what do you define as success? How do you find happiness? The whole thing I'm trying to get with this podcast is trying to really dive into what people think is the way that they can achieve success. And so we'd love to hear a little bit more of your your vision. I think probably another aspect of it is is definitely being physically fit and healthy. And that's something that Dr. B definitely hounds upon in her class. And I've been lucky enough to go to like a lot of her different boot camp classes, which are really hard. It was actually the first, even though I've like always played soccer my whole life and worked out, it was the first time I've ever thrown up from a workout it was like after her, her <laughs> boot camp things. Um, I think I would like... I think it was the partly something from the night before, but yeah, that was, that was rough. Especially now people are, are really, you know, in touch with health as wealth and the idea that, you know, also like what you put in your body and, and how you treat your body like has like insane effects. So like health is, is really important for me and definitely foundational success. So like I try and do something active every day. If it's not a workout, you know, I'll try and like go on a walk or, or go on a hike, or, or at least do something. That's probably one of the, one of the third aspects besides friends, my faith, and in being healthy. But yeah, like going back to the first, just like all relationships are important, and making sure to really develop the ones that you think are going to be worthwhile, and you know, not not to not waste your time with those that aren't. But we only have so much time in our days and in our time, and it can be difficult to to keep your relationship strong with everyone especially in college when we're always running around doing a million different things and we can hang out in groups, but really making sure you you get the quality time with the people that you care most about, I think is really important. I agree with everything you're saying. Who you surround yourself with is so, it's so important. It, it truly motivates who you are. It shapes the person that you want to be. And I think without having those people around you, I mean, especially at Cal Poly, just the people that you surround yourself with, pushes you to be a better person. Yeah, absolutely. I know that you just finished your fourth year, which is incredible. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's pretty wild, I'm sure, to be done with school. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really feel like it quite yet since I'm still in slow, but I'm sure it will start hitting me more and more as time goes on. Well, now after, after four years of Cal Poly, getting to see the full cycle, what advice can you share with the viewers on this show? And for students that are just starting their career in college, people that have been involved within their time at Cal Poly, but might not necessarily have found their purpose or are happy with their current situation, what advice can you share to the to the general public? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. I think I think I'll start off with kind of some con- contrarian advice, if you will. One thing people say a lot is to say yes to everything. But I've actually found that that's not like the healthiest way to approach college and really just your life in general. I think people should be more discerning with like the things they do say yes to. And I've read this book called Essentialism that I'd recommend to anyone. And, And the idea is to kind of say like you need to figure out the things in your life that are most important in everything that you do should either be like a hell yes or just like a no. And you should never do anything that you're not like wholeheartedly like this is what I want to do. I see a lot of people, especially at Cal Poly, just overworking themselves. And I kind of fell into this trap a little bit. I think my junior year, once I came back from abroad, I was used to, you know, not having many priorities with classes. And then coming back to Cal Poly was just kind of a rude awakening with classes, all these organizations I was a part of and all this. And I was like, man, like I really think 
I kind of over overburdened myself a little bit. And as a result, junior year was probably my least favorite year. Like once I got back to Cal Poly, just because I always felt like I was stressed out and like had a million things going on and didn't have time to do the things that I like really wanted to do. So I would encourage people to, to be more discerning with the things they do. And I think they'll end up having like a more enjoyable experience. So that's like the first major thing that I think of going back to like the friends part, make sure you spend the time with the people that you really care about. Cause especially right now it's like no one ever, you don't, you don't really think about how there's going to be a time when you're not going to be able just to hang out with all your friends in the same town. And that's, what's hitting me right now is that like one by one, I'm having more friends leave and leave and, and it's not like they're just leaving for the summer or leaving for winter break. It's just they're leaving and we might not ever live in the same town again. And of course, I'll see them on breaks and stuff like that. But you're never just going to be able to walk over to someone's house and hang out with like six friends. And so definitely just try and savor those moments as much as you can. I know it's difficult to do. Definitely easier said than done. But I think keeping that perspective can help make you like more grateful for everything. And I'd say just like a third simple one to like every student if they can is to, is to go abroad, which I know is, is pretty cliche, but it doesn't even have to be a traditional study abroad experience. Like if you can go volunteer abroad or do an internship abroad, like even over a winter break or a summer, I would just encourage people to do that as much as possible just to get outside of their comfort zone. And I think everyone has like a different level of comfort that, you know, it's like the right amount. Like for me, like Florence, it was fairly comfortable just because I was with a lot of people from Cal Poly, but I was still able to like make it my own experience. Whereas like if I had gone somewhere just like by myself, I think I, there's definitely potential that I could have grown a lot more, but I think it also would have been a lot more difficult to the point where I'm, I don't think I would have grown quite as much because I would have been more timid to go out and do things and try things that I felt more comfortable doing. Once I had like a community of friends, I'd encourage people to, to go abroad, do something like that, but also don't make, don't make a crazy jump to go somewhere just to do it. I've seen that happen to a couple of my friends and, you know, they, they regretted it. Some of them didn't because they were able to do, to, to do that experience the way they wanted. But other than them were just like, I probably should have, I overestimated my ability to, to handle discomfort. So now those are three things that kind of come off the bat to me. Yeah, I think that's that's very well said. I definitely agree with the aspect of studying abroad. It really changes your perspective and whatnot on what you value and what you see as success. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's all the information you're sharing. I really hope everyone takes this into perspective and thinks about being very present and being with your friends because, unfortunately, college is only four years yeah. and it goes by quick. I'm sure you could attest to that. Yeah. And yeah, it's always true. The quickest four years of your life, definitely quicker than high school. <laughs> I'd say it was a lot quicker mm-hmm. than high school. And but at the same time, like I, I don't have any regrets, and and I'm just very thankful for my time here, and you know, grateful for all the memories I made. That's great. Well, I have one one last question before we finish this off. Yeah. Do you have a quote or a mantra, something that you live by? Hmm. One thing I do do is I have a. So I have like a whiteboard in my room and I actually started doing it this year, but writing down like different quotes from people like about usually about success, but it can be about everything. And there's not necessarily like a quote from a certain 
person that I live by, but like one thing for me that has been always very foundational is just the idea of gratitude. And it's like, you should never look up at people that have more than you and being like, Oh, like, why can't I have that? Why can't my life be like this? If you just look, it's not, not in a descending way, but like, if you just look at other people and say like, wow, look at how much I have and how much I have the opportunities for. And I think that was also what helped me during the whole like COVID thing was, it's like, oh man, I lost the job and I can't, you know, travel to Europe this summer, like poor me, but there's people that are struggling a lot with other things and just being like, you know, I, I'm so grateful that I still have the friends I have and I was able to go back to slow and some of my other friends from the, that went to college on the East Coast just had to come home. And like, I think having that perspective of like glass half full just, just helps you be more happy and optimistic in everything you do. So that's kind of my... I say my mantra that I try and live by. I think that's very well said. You see that even if you don't directly share that with other people, you see that through the actions you've done and through the person that you've become. So really appreciate, really appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, I think the listeners have gotten quite an incredible understanding of what you've done and your mindset behind everything. So I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Yeah, Adam, thank you so much too. And if and if anyone's curious about, you know, just reaching out or wants to get in contact more, you can feel free to email me at vince at eatfruji.com. If you just want to chat about anything from, from Cal Poly to studying abroad or starting a business, like I'd love to chat. Yeah, and I'll definitely include your information and your website in the link below. Thank you. Appreciate that. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Vince. Yeah, of course. See ya. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode today. We had a great time filming it and hope you guys got some great takeaways. We look forward to having you next time. Please like and subscribe below. 